Hi, and welcome to the Survivor Spiritual Guide to Trauma Recovery, your place for mental, emotional well-being and freedom for the legacy of trauma. Whether that trauma be childhood trauma or ancestral trauma, this is your place to come and learn all about trauma recovery and what healing looks like through the spiritual lens. I'm your host, Tony owner, operator, and founder of thetraumadoula.com. And if you are ready to start your trauma recovery journey, you are in the right place. Thank you so much for being here. And let's get right into the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the show. I am so glad you could make it here. And today... If you read the title, you already know. Do you love yourself? Better yet, do you even like yourself? For many of you, unfortunately, the answer is no. When you really start to ask those questions, you begin to recognize this gap between the love that you can have for so many other people and the love that you have for yourself. And that's something that for me is, well, I mean, it's something that I struggled with quite a lot. So I don't want to come up here and act like it's not something that I haven't been through and gone through. But as we start to ask these questions, what feelings come up? What's there? What starts to nag at you? You see, I know too many beautiful human beings who have spent their time and energy and love on people and places and things that did not deserve it. All for the sake of trying to find that self-acceptance. So... Yeah, I'm here. We're talking about self-love today. Let's get into it. So people always say this thing like, oh, you have to love yourself before anyone loves you, blah, blah, blah. I don't necessarily believe that, right? I don't believe that. So when we're talking about do you love yourself, when I'm asking that question, it's not about getting love from someone else. Just throw someone else out the door. Throw them out the door because we're not here for them right now. We're here for you and the love you need to have and cultivate for yourself. And I feel like oftentimes when you're in that place of just feeling like really insecure about who you are and what you do in the world, you start looking around and seeing all these positive things in in someone else. And I think this really comes up in romantic relationships. And especially if you're a a survivor of abandonment, (laughs) if you had parents who were not um, the most adept at being there for you emotionally or physically, right? They kind of disregarded that stuff, like you're fed, so you're good. So we start to look for those things in other people. And I feel like a lot of times we were taught to abandon our own selves 
because, you know, if our parents abandon that part of us, then maybe we need to discard that part too. And while this is the the kind of the bag that we're given, it doesn't mean we have to keep that bag. We can start to take the shit out of it and recognize that maybe this isn't the bag we want to continue to carry. Okay. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna tell y'all a little, little story, a little story time here about myself. So I remember back in the day when I was dating a lot. Okay, I went through a phase where I dated a lot of people. All of a sudden, it was like, date no one, date everyone, right? I went from being a complete kind of loner and not really caring or looking for that kind of relationship, um, specifically romantic relationships. Um, I had a very good on my own attitude about life to kind of recognizing that the only way to get better at being in romantic relationships was to actually be in them and practice, practice being in relationship with other people. That was the only way I knew how to get better. Like you can read as many books as you want, but if you're not actually, you know, enacting the thing, you're not going to be better at it. So I came into my era where I realized if I want the relationship, the romantic relationship that I'm looking for, if I want, you know, um, a healthy, open, communicative, intimate, romantic relationship that I would need to start dating people and being in relationships so I could figure out what that looked like and what that meant for me, because it's different for so many people. So I started dating a lot and I found out some things about myself, right? I found out some things. And one of those things is And somebody called me out for this when I was like 19, right? But like when you're 19, 20, 21, people can say things about you. And at that time, I had no real sense of self-reflection, like true, deep self-reflection of how I was acting in the world. (laughs) I just did not. Um, which I think is is true for a lot of people who are very young. Um, it's just one of those things. Not true for everyone, but it was true for me. But anyhow, so I recognized that I had this part of myself that would date down. I would literally date people who maybe I liked you, but I didn't like you so much that you could actually hurt me. I didn't like you so much that if something happened, I would just be devastated because I was totally in love with you, right? I only dated people who couldn't really break my heart. And that followed me for so long. It followed me for so long. I found myself picking the boys that didn't really love me because they couldn't really hurt me. The people I felt 
just enough connection to be able to hang out and spend time and have fun, but never enough connection to build that true intimacy and trust and love and affection that I really wanted. Because anytime that type of intimacy even almost appeared with a person, there was anxiety like I could not believe. There was a sense of anxiety that was terrifying, almost like I wanted to jump out of my skin and out of my body, okay? Everything wanted to run away if I ever felt that connection and intimacy and trust, right? I keep saying those words because oftentimes those are the things that get broken, get trampled on in that early childhood trauma and in that generational trauma, okay? Your trust and intimacy and connection, some of our parents could not connect with us on any level, on any level. If you have emotionally immature parents or parents that, um, you know, you're fed so you're good, that emotional connection level is scary because you couldn't even get that from the people that were, were raising you and saw you every single day, the people you spent the most time with. So of course you look for the relationships with someone that it feels similar, right? There's something there. There's some um, affinity, but we'll never go that deep. We'll never connect that much. We'll never connect there. So yeah, I found myself picking the boys that didn't really love me and couldn't really hurt me. And what I started to find is when I did have someone who maybe did love me, it was not something that I could accept. Because I was like, what is wrong with you? Like literally, what is wrong with you? Why would you love me? What's good about me? I don't understand. You must, there must be something wrong with you, right? So then we get this other thing happening where we're projecting our own self-hate on someone who actually genuinely loves and cares for us. And I find that I had this whole thing where I really had to do some work about loving myself, about coming to that place of true self-love, self-acceptance, and and finding that intimacy and connection and joy of just being with me. And to be honest, at first, that was, it was definitely something that it took a lot of time, right? And the, the thing that I started to ask myself is, what would I do if I loved myself? I would go into these different situations. I would be with different people and, you know, have different relationships with guys. And I would say, huh, what would I do if I loved myself? And answers started to appear. Actions started to appear. Because there's always a part of yourself that does love you. It's just that maybe sometimes it only loves certain things about you. It's usually those things that you pick out about the person that you're going to be with, you know, 
oh, they're amazing, they're kind, they're considerate, yeah, they're ambitious. You're just naming your own attributes and loving that in someone else. You're loving someone else's potential that is actually yours. It belongs to you. But anyway, so I went through this phase where it was kind of back and forth, where I I did meet someone who, um, you know, started checking my boxes and there was an instantaneous, really strong connection, um, something different. And what I started to realize about this person is they had so much freaking work they needed to do. But I was crazy about this person, just like, ugh, about this person, right? Hadn't felt anything like that before that like, um, I'll just say that body connection, okay? And so it was, it was months of this kind of on again, off again thing. And well, not really off, but kind of. And what I realized at this point in time when I'm, you know, kind of towards this part in my self-love journey where I had been asking myself, what would I do if I love myself? And I've been asking myself that for years, like legitimately for years. I got to this point with this person where I realized that they really did care about me. They enjoyed me, they cared about me, and they just wanted to be in my presence. But I realized at that point that I loved myself more than they loved me. And if it's not equal in my love for myself or greater than, it's probably not worth it. It most definitely isn't worth it. And so I had this beautiful experience of like letting go of this person, letting go of this, this fantasy of a relationship because I recognized that I finally loved myself and I loved myself enough to say, huh, this isn't what I want. This isn't actually on my level. It's not good enough for me because I can give myself more. So why would I take less? And that choice led me into probably one of the happiest, most beautiful relationships I've ever been in thus far in my entire life. So oftentimes as trauma survivors, something that I realize, recognize, off top, automatic, is that we are terrified of connection. We're terrified of connection because connection means pain. And a lot of our internal protective processes are always working towards not having us feel pain, not being hurt again. I know all those years ago when I first started asking myself, what would I do if I loved myself? A lot of my responses were, I just don't want to get hurt. And that was really important for me to understand and see is that everything inside of me was just trying to protect that inner child, was just trying to protect 
those wounds, was just trying to not get traumatized again and let down again, right? Because we all have that experience of that pain that is so great, that is so profound, that we say somewhere inside of us that that I will never feel that again. And so we cut off the part of us that could feel that amount of joy to feel that amount of pain. When we start to recognize that the depths of our sorrow are the heights of our joy, we can begin to heal and grow in love for ourselves and in love for the journey that we've been through, for the journey that we're all on. Something I always say is we are all just walking each other home. And home is different for every single one of us, but you deserve the comfort of your own home. You deserve the light of your own love. Y'all, if you want more podcasts like this and the accompanying newsletter, sign up for the newsletter. The podcast is going to be once every other month. Um, or blah. Let me say that again. <laughs> the podcast is twice a month. The newsletter is twice a month. So on the weeks that you don't get a podcast, you will get a newsletter. And on the weeks that you don't get a newsletter, you will get a podcast. Because that is um, honoring of my own energy and rhythms. If you would like to work with me on your trauma recovery journey, I am taking private individual clients. Um, People work with me anywhere from six months to a year up to two years at the most. If you would like to uh, learn about workshops, things like that, all of that stuff shows up on the newsletter. So sign up for the newsletter where you will hear about all of those things first. Anyhow, thank you so much for being here. If you found this episode helpful, share it with two of your friends and have a beautiful trauma recovery journey. There is more for you at the end of this. There's more for you to have. There is hope for you. If you're here at the end of this episode and you got something from it, please leave a like, share it with two of your friends and fellow survivors, or Go ahead and email me and tell me what you liked about it and what else you want to hear on the show. Additionally, sign up for the email newsletter as that's the place where I have the most updates and just so much more goodness than is presented here in the podcast. If you find yourself ready to take that next step into trauma recovery, click on the link below and you can work with me personally on your next steps. Thank you so much for listening and have a wonderful rest of your week.